sometimes is a merciful God. His heart stops. You are always a loving God. His heart stops. You are always a healing God. His heart stops. You are always a God who will never leave us or forsake us. A God who is steadfast. A God who is faithful. Even when we are not. And though we recognize that that seems too good to be true, that's the very core of the gospel. That where we are not and who we are not, you are. And what we fail to be, you are able to make us into. So God, it is no small thing for us to sing of your goodness, and to rehearse your love. Because in doing so, we have to come face to face when we have not been. And yet today and tomorrow and to the end of days, you will always be good. God, we pray that you would cleanse us, that you would free us, that you would make right within us the things that break others and that break your heart. That you who are good, oh God, we might be reminded too that you call out and you draw out our goodness. That we can indeed be the people that you have called us to be. That this world can reflect your glory and live like new creation. So God, this morning we are going to tether ourselves to your goodness, believing that your goodness might make us good, and that if we reflect your goodness, that oh, this world might be changed. Merciful God, we confess that we are not always faithful, but we give you thanks this day that you always are and that you are good. We ask all of these things and we trust all of these things in the strong name of your son, Jesus Christ, your son, our savior, and all God's people said, amen. This morning, as we have sung our loud hosannas, we now recognize that those shouts will turn to loud crucify him. As you hear now the liturgy of the passion of our Lord, might you allow these words not simply to rest on your human ears, but also to take root in your lives, that you will never forget the great cost of the one named Christ who gave it all for us. As soon as it was morning, 
priests held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council. They bound Jesus, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. Pilate asked him, are you the king of the Jews? He answered him, you say so. Then the chief priests accused him of many things. Pilate asked him again, have you no answer? See how many charges they bring against you. But Jesus made no further reply, so Pilate was amazed. Now at the festival, he used to, he used to release a prisoner for them, anyone for whom they asked. Now a man called Barabbas was in prison with the rebels who had committed murder during the, during the insurrection. So the crowd came and began to ask Pilate to do for them according to his custom. Then he answered them, do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For he realized that it was out of jealousy that the chief priests had handed him over. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have him release Barabbas for them instead. Pilate spoke to them again. Then what do you wish me to do with the man you call the king of the Jews? They shouted back, crucify him. Pilate asked them, why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, crucify him. So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released Barabbas for them. And after flogging Jesus, he handed him over to be crucified. Then the soldiers led him into the courtyard of the palace, that is, the governor's headquarters, and they called together the whole cohort. And they clothed him in a purple cloak, and after twisting some thorns into a crown, they put it on him. And they began saluting him, Hail, King of the Jews! They struck his head with the reed, spat upon him, and knelt down in homage to him. After mocking him, they stripped him of the purple cloak and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him out to crucify him. They compelled a passerby who was coming in from the country to carry his cross. It was Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus. Then they brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of a skull. And they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him and divided his clothes among him, casting lots to decide what each should take. It was nine o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. The inscription of the charge against him read, the king of the Jews. And with him, they crucified two bandits one on his right and one on his left. And those who passed by derided him, shaking their heads and saying, aha, you who would destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. 
and come down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priests, along with the scribes, were also mocking him among themselves and saying, he saved others, he cannot save himself. Let the Messiah, the King of Israel, come down from the cross now so that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified with him also taunted him. Jesus, have mercy on us. When it was noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. At three o'clock, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lema sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of the bystanders heard it, they said, listen, he is calling for Elijah. And some ran, filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a stick and gave it to him to drink, saying, wait. Let us see whether Elijah will come and take him down. Then Jesus gave a loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Now when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, truly, this man was God's son. Jesus, have mercy on us. There were also women looking on from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James the Younger, and of Joseph and Salome. These used to follow him and provided for him when he was in Galilee. And there were many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem. When evening had come, and since it was the day of preparation, that is the day before the Sabbath, Joseph, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council, who was also himself waiting expectantly for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate wondered, if he were already dead, and summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he had been dead for some time. When he learned from the centurion that he was dead, he granted the body to Joseph. Then Joseph bought a linen cloth, and taking down the body, wrapped it in the linen cloth, and laid it in a tomb that had been hewn out of the rock. He then rolled a stone against the door of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where the body was laid. Jesus, have mercy on us. This is one of those loud Sundays. It's a Sunday that's filled with lots of words. It's a Sunday that's filled with lots of shouting. 
It's a Sunday that's filled with lots of celebrating. It's a Sunday that's filled with lots of betrayal. It's a Sunday that is a reflection of our humanity. Here you have in the beginning of our morning together in the liturgy of the palms that people begin to scream, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord or the King of David. Now that word Hosanna has two different meanings. In the Christian tradition, we understand it to be a, a word of praise or adoration, a word that oftentimes we only say or speak or sing on a Sunday like this one. But in the Jewish tradition, Hosanna means save us or rescue us. Save us, rescue us, save us, rescue us. So can you imagine all of these people who gather on this street side, on this parade, who are taking off their cloaks, who, who cut down branches. They're saying to this one who is sitting on this donkey, save us, rescue us, save me, rescue me. Which means that this Jesus who is sitting on a donkey, they believed had the power and the capacity to rescue and to save them. Here's the other thing. It means that these individuals who gathered on this roadside also were vulnerable and honest and transparent enough to declare that there is something that they needed saving from some things that they needed to be rescued from. Lent is a needy season. And it is on this roadside that in all of their humanity, those who throw their cloaks on the ground, Jesus, we're, we, we need something. We need to feel loved. We need to feel wanted. We need to feel security. We need to feel like there's enough provision. We need to be freed. We need not feel lonely. I don't know what exactly those who are standing on the road to Jerusalem, what they had need of. But what I know is that even as we were waving our palm fronds, whether you say it out loud or not, we too have things that we want rescuing from, that we want to be saved from, that there are needs in our lives that we want Christ to meet. We say, save us, rescue us, because we believe that the one who is on this donkey actually can. Oh, but it's such a loud Sunday. because we will end the story with crucify him, crucify him. We will end the story with just to satisfy our shouts, crucify him. That the one who was a part of the insurrection is, is spared, is let go, but Jesus, the one who once we were saying, we know you can rescue us, is now the one who's going to be condemned. You know, this Sunday oftentimes shows what it looks like when we are our best selves and also too when we can be our worst selves. How we can show up for the parade, but then also join the death march. 
And when we live in that tension, what we might realize is that sometimes that's what life looks like. There are moments when we show up and we are so faithful and there are some moments when we are so fickle. There are some moments when we are so committed and there are some moments when we just cannot hold on. There are some moments when we are so invested and there are some moments when we divest. And we divest not in the best ways. Somehow living in between the hosannas and the crucify him, it's life, it is our humanity. And though we may change, always the reminder on Palm and Passion Sunday is that Jesus never changes. No matter what we say, Hosanna or crucify him, Jesus also has something to say to us. Between the moment that Jesus makes his triumphant entrance into Jerusalem and before Jesus is crucified on the cross, Jesus has a lot to say as he gathers his disciples around the table. On the night in which Jesus Christ was given up for us, he took bread, he gave thanks to his heavenly father, then broke the bread. Jesus broke the bread <laughs> and gave it to his disciples saying, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. And when the supper was over, Jesus took the cup. He gave thanks to his heavenly father, then gave it to the disciples saying, drink from this all of you. For this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. between the Hosannas and the crucify him. Jesus gave himself and said, remember me. But the too good to be true, but is true reality is that Jesus always remembers us when I say Hosanna, Jesus remembers us. When I scream, crucify him, Jesus saves us. Would you pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of the bread and the cup would you make them be for us the body and blood of Jesus Christ, that we might be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by your blood. By your spirit make us one with you, O oh God. By your spirit make us one with each other. 
And by your spirit, make us one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory. And we feast at your heavenly banquet. We ask all of this with our feeble voices, but through the strong name, Jesus Christ, our Lord, the lamb who was slain, remembering us so that we might have life and life more abundantly. It is in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.